Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. back on the things we say i'm sheldon and i'm nate <laughs> sorry my wife just turned the lights off on us and then turned them back on again for reasons i don't know why and uh we were just talking about it. this may be our last podcast in the in the dungeon <laughs> in the dungeon yeah we are we're moving soon uh after 12 years of living in this house so that's going to be a whole new Whole new uh, environment, whole new thing. So we'll actually be up with a place with windows and, you know, nice. better light. We recorded one time over there. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. I wonder which episode that was. I'll have, be, to go, I'll have to go back and to find it. I feel like I would have referenced, or we would have referenced that probably in the podcast on that episode. Oh, yeah. For sure. At least being on the road. The I've only been, thing I remember about the podcast, it was the one that we edited. Oh, I'm yes. pretty sure. And wait, which one for you or for me? For you. Okay. Yes. And for some reason, the way everything was rigged up, I think I was picking up WQKT yes. in my headphones. I just listened to that one. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. I was hearing country music the entire time. <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> make sure that faintly. We'll make sure that doesn't happen as yeah. we go from here on out. But yeah, this may be the last one. We may get one more in. Possibly. Possibly. That's all good. But we'll see. The room's just a we'll little see. echoey. So. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? I thought about sticking something over in that corner, but I didn't realize it was gonna it was gonna be like this. I'd forgotten what it's like with nothing because there ain't nothing. And nothing on the walls. We're uh we're in in go mode for the moving things. So right off the top, before we bury this at the end and it doesn't get mentioned, we are delaying our usual shred yes. that we do. One of the things that we've done the last couple of years, and you've heard it on the podcast, we dedicated one episode to it at least, um, is the 30-day shred Yes, through the Bible in 30 days. And this has become an annual thing for Sheldon and I. It's it's enjoyable. Yes. And honestly, frees you up to read for fun the rest of the time. <laughs> and I, I saw somebody say that it helps you... It helps you see the trees in scripture and not you're we're not spending time looking at the leaves right. or individualizing anything. We're just doing this flyover right through the scripture. So 30 days. Uh, if you want to follow along, it's the Uversion Bible app. And you can either start your 30 day shred with everybody else January first. But we're starting ours February 2nd, and it should go through March 2nd. Yes. So, I, and, and the biggest reason we're, doing, we're making this modification this year is every year at our church, we do a thing called 21 Jumpstart, which is just kind of a beginning to the year type thing for our entire church, where we unify and do something together. And this year, we're doing a specific scripture plan through all of that, and we just wanted to be able to actually participate in that yeah. instead of doing something separate uh, so that we're participating and doing a thing with the whole body, as it were. Uh, so we're just delaying it for a month because of that. But as always, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like, especially coming into an election year and all the craziness that will be going on in these first few months especially, 
Uh, I feel like those the two ends of the year, like they go overboard with it. And for then they an election hit, year? Yeah, and then they kind of hit the, the lulls of summer where nobody really cares anymore, and then it gets intense again in the fall. So uh, I'll, be, I'll be very glad to have to separate myself from all forms of social media during that uh, yeah, particular usually season. Usually the first part is how who's going to be the two people we get to pick yeah. from, and Yay. that's the big hoopla. And then once they actually start running against each other, everybody's like, we know what's... We know who these people are. This about, this yeah. is about. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I November. I am currently watching uh, Star Trek Picard, which you don't care about, but I'm going to give a little thing here. So, I've always been a Trek fan, probably even more than Star Wars. You just can't talk about it as much because there aren't there are probably as many of us, but there we're not as densely populated in the world. Ah, there's probably not it. No, I'll just go with it. Star I, Wars definitely has more fans without a doubt. And I think there's and more, it's more cultural, cursory and cultural. Yeah. yeah. So I don't talk about it on here. Like I would talk about Star Wars or Indiana Jones, something that's a little more universal, right. but I'm a big Star Trek fan. Always have been. And so, uh, Star Trek Picard came out a few years ago. I was excited because it was the first time we wa- we've seen new Star Trek in that everything has been reboots like the 2009 JJ Abrams reboot reboots which the first one was yeah. good some of the others were eh. um and then they've done like Star Trek Discovery and Strange New Worlds which are on right now but those mm. are prequels we haven't seen new trek since like 2002 so it's been a long time was that a movie yes the star trek yeah so we did we basically had star trek running continuously from 1987 on television through 2000 Probably 2003. Really? Yeah, because you had Star Trek The Next Generation for seven years. Then in, in the midst of that, you had Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine, which started. And then in the midst of that one, you had Star Trek Voyager that started. Hmm. And then in the midst of that one, you had Star Trek Enterprise. And I think Enterprise was the last one on the air. And that was like 2002, 2003 when that one went off the air. Interesting. And all of those were seven-year runs, except for Enterprise. Um and so Star Trek has had a good long run. Uh, and then they had, of course, they have a huge movie franchise as well that they've done. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I was excited for New Trek. And I'm watching it. And the first season felt a little too Star Wars for me. Like, it was, it was good, but it wasn't good because it was Star Trek. It was just good because, oh, it was good, you know. The second season... And spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it, but it's been out for a couple years now. So the second season they time travel back to 2024 for a a rift in the timeline issue, which is a common Star Trek trope. And as soon as I saw that they were going to go back to 2024, I'm like, they're literally going to do this so that they can shoehorn in current day social political things and talk about it. And sure enough, I was really hopeful. The first episode and a half were really, really good. And then they get to 2024, and all of a sudden, these people from 400 years in the future know all these details about the socio-political climate of 2024. And I'm like, they're divorcing from the, the main plot and talking about immigration, climate change, racism, uh, veiled references to Trump, like all these things. And I'm like, by the characters who are from 400 years in the future. Right. And every time I'm like, and now we will sit and listen to the writer lecture us. Okay, now we're back to the show. Like, I don't mind. Star Trek has always been pushing the boundaries of talking yep. about major social things. Always has been, even from the 60s. First interracial kiss ever seen on television between a white man and a black woman was on Star Trek. Uh, the first swear ever on television 
uh, I believe was on was really? on Star Trek as well. Yeah, as well. Yes. Uh, so they've always been boundary pushing. I've got no problem with that, but they always have done it in a way that does not specifically stuff anything down your throat. It makes you consider something from a different angle because they'll make it an alien species. They'll make it a they'll make it a different right. format in order to make you think about it and actually assess your belief and challenge well, your belief. It can't be direct one to one because you're 400 years different. Right. And then typically in the past when they would go time travel back to the 80s or whatever whatever the current day was, they would play up the tropes of society at the time. And I mean in a, in a comical sense. So like punk music in the 80s and all that when they would travel when they did the the 90s and 2000s, they would they would just go with the extreme almost silliness of the era. Yeah. Um, this was just too on the nose. And every time it's like, this person's no longer in character. This is just the writer telling me what they think of current culture. And now we'll move on to the story again. And man, am I annoyed. And I hope it moves on. I'm only like three episodes in. I'm hoping it moves on before this one's over. Because it is. It's just so irritating. I, All that to say, I, I cannot stand this whole thing where a writer inserts themselves into a story like that in that kind of entertainment, especially when right. there's there's already established characters. And that's the thing that it comes down to that I've been so annoyed with things like Star Trek or what a lot of Marvel has done in these recent years. It's like, or like a travesty like the Rings of Power where they completely just said, oh, you know, so what? Tolkien spent all this time building up this massive world. We're going to ignore all that. And we're going to just do our thing that goes for the current day. Right. And I'm like, I just, I struggle with that so much, especially with things that are kind of classic and iconic and have these things that are already established to just throw them out like that and then lecture us for no good reason. Oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> drives me nuts. So that's my current uh, love and hate of Star Trek as it is going at this moment. But I'm holding out because I know from every fan I've ever heard from that the third season of this was what everybody hoped all three of these seasons would be. Gotcha. But I will push through the stupid with the little bits of good to get to the good stuff at the end, I will do it. I will I will eat my broccoli so that I can have my pie at the end. I'm okay with that. I did go back and watch the first Lord of the Rings uh, movie. Oh, yeah, The Fellowship? The Fellowship of the Ring, yeah, with Rylan. And we uh, that one was over three hours, but it wasn't quite four. Was it the director's cut or the... I don't think... I think it's just the... The real original ones? Yeah, the okay. original okay. one. And then... I have the director's cut. We fired, we fired up the two towers after we, we were done with that. I was trying to convince him to watch the second one because he was into it. Okay, like fighting the Balrog was pretty cool. Oh yeah, but he was like, ah, I don't know. And we fired it up, and he looked at the thing, and it said four hours. It's <laughs> like four hours. Yeah, <laughs> he was. But he, the second so we one, didn't, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't start that one yet. I, in my opinion, the second one is the best one. The second one. Yeah, that's my favorite. Oh man, Return of the King for me. Was, I mean, I love Return of the King. Was hyped up so much. Yes. By the time we got there, and it didn't disappoint. Right. And yeah, just I don't know the when you see when you see Aragorn as king of Gondor yeah. and they're defending the White City. And Absolutely. All that, it's just that imagery is the coolest, and you've been waiting for it the Absolutely. whole time. Absolutely. And again, I love the, I love all three of those movies. Right. But if I had to pick one, uh, The Two Towers is my favorite. And I can't even necessarily tell you why. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was just the the stakes in that one just felt... I felt the stakes in that one more than the other two. I don't know why. It's been weird. I 
now that we're both 40, we're yes. officially old. We are both 40. There's no way to when you're 40 to be considered young anymore. Like people Other than, will say people say, "Oh, you look young" or whatever, but that's only cuz The you're best 40. you get is you don't look 40. You don't look yeah, 40. Yeah, that's the new version of you're so young. It's like, "Oh, you don't look 40." Oh, good. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I don't know exactly what that means, but thank you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that happened to both of us since our last podcast. Yeah. So exactly thirty days apart, <laughs> yeah. you and I. That was, that was funny because your wife in the group chat called me old, and <laughs> just it's like her man's older than you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That was too funny. But again, my wife is the one who, when I turned thirty, told me I was almost forty. I know. So you know, she has no perspective on such things, and I would say that if she was in the room without issue, That's she may hear funny. me and yell down the steps while we're here. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, we both turned forty, and I have discovered one th- interesting thing about turning forty is it's no different. Like I feel exactly the same. It's exactly the same. <laughs> it's exactly the same. I think I even said that to you on, when I sent you a polo yesterday yes. for your birthday. I was like, "Yeah, welcome to forty. It's not. It's the same. Yeah. It's just the same." But uh, yeah, the wheels have not fallen off, and I don't anticipate that they will. Um, but again, I think that's kind of the the funny thing. You know, I the only thing, and I've mentioned it on here, the only thing that's weird to me about turning 40 is I remember my dad turning 40. Yeah. Like, that was the year we moved here, 1995. Uh, we'd been here for a few months by the time he turned 40. And it was just like, I distinctly remember that. But I think that's part of it, too, is like, I've watched my dad's whole ministry career yep. from 40 to where he is now for these last 28 years. And I'm like... There is so much ahead of me still that, like, being depressed at 40 or be- thinking that my life is half, like, no way, man. Like, I am I am rushing forward into what's coming, and I'm excited about it. And so exactly. it's, it's hard to feel anything but elated that I'm alive and breathing and witnessing my kids growing up and doing all these things. I, I don't understand the panic at 40, if yeah. that's even still a thing. And. At every stage, people are like, oh, just wait till you hit your 30s. Then yeah. you won't be able to play active sports anymore. One or day just it'll wait be, until you're One day it'll be legal old. to shoot those people, I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> all, your, all, your, all your limbs are going to start falling off at 40, and your back's going to hurt, and you won't you won't be able to do this or that. Yeah. And, and they tell you the same thing about your kids. Oh, your kids oh, seem yeah. nice now, but they'll be brats when they're four yep. or when they're 10. No. And... I have enjoyed every stage with my children. I agree. It's, it's been good. I agree. If if I could tell anybody anything, it's if you find the right person, just get married young, grow up together, have kids, enjoy the kids, enjoy every stage. Yes. And it's just godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah. That that is that is the truest thing that was ever said. It's it's just if you I don't want to say it is what you make it because that's a little bit trite. Yeah. Because there's struggles and there's hardships yeah. and things along the way. Like raising kids is no joke. Being married is no joke. None but that's of this what stuff makes it rewarding. It's easy. Yeah. But you don't need to buy into the doomsday of, oh, the old ball and chain, oh, the old yeah. woman, oh, no. your bratty kids. Oh, no, you, you never. Know, just, your kids are fine now, but wait till they're teenagers. They'll They'll tell you to buzz off and all this stuff. And it's like, no, yeah, not, they don't have to. Right. 
They might. Right. I don't control what they do. They might. Yeah. But they don't have that to. That was always my mom's big argument when people would talk about because we were always, you know, being pastor's kids, that was always the thing. Yeah. Oh, you know, they're good kids, but just wait until this out of the other. My mom was like, no, I don't think it has to be that way. <laughs> she was just dismissive of people. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. They'll do what they want, but it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be. We that were way. a lot more active against that when our kids were young. We were yeah. like, "Nope, we don't receive that." Yeah, like Jess would just straight up say these things yeah. to people. Yep. <laughs> nope. Yeah, man. Because yeah. people will say just crazy things. Yeah. Oh, you, she's always sick. They're just always sick. Yeah. And it's like, not always. Yeah. And sometimes they're sick. Yeah. But yeah. The closest, the closest we've gotten to labeling our kids in terms of sick is understanding how each child gets sick. Right. Because that is a real thing. You need to know this, yeah. though. Strong is our respiratory kid so far. Eowyn is our puker so far. <laughs> Normandy is our fever child so far. Yeah. And Vienna is the only child that's gotten ear infections and had to get tubes. So those yeah. have been like the distinctives. But yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing I will say we do label our kids with though is that they're gross because they are at this age and stage children are yucky like they will children. They, they stick all the things in their mouth all the time they don't brush teeth well they don't wash anything well although Strong takes showers by himself very well he does a very good job of keeping himself clean I've had to do some training where that's concerned <laughs> obviously but at 8 years old he does very very well there are some concepts that are lost in translation. Yes. I, I literally walked out one time, and he's in the shower, and I just popped it open, and I see him holding the soap almost like a stick of deodorant and just kind of like rubbing it like that into his armpits. I'm like, dude, is this how you've been doing this? He's like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. We got to work on this. Because it was like just the corner. It was yeah. like barely... Just enough to smell like the soap a little yeah. bit, to mix that with whatever body odor or smell you already have on you. Oh, my gosh. Let's be cleaning from head to toe. Yes, let's let's do well. But he he does real good. Again, especially for eight, he does real, real good. But my word, all the things, again, as a parent that you never think, you never think you're going to say or you never think you're going to do, but you do them. You're going to do them. If your parents have said them to you, as long as it was not awful, you will probably do them too. That's yeah. just an inevitability. Yeah. And you'll catch yourself and you go, well, there that went. And you just wave at it as it goes by. <laughs> yep, there went that promise I made to myself at 12. Yeah. Oh. I'm never giving my kids naps. What? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember feeling super misunderstood as a teenager. Mm. Just, it, it's like, yes, I know you saw me doing the thing. I didn't mean to do it that way. And I didn't right. mean for it to be as bad <laughs> as it was. This was not my intended outcome. <laughs> And now my kids are saying the same thing. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't change. What is <laughs> happening? <laughs> your intentions don't matter. Your actions do. Yeah. That's one of the things I'm trying to get out of my vocabulary because I've made it a point like when I've had to remind especially strong of something again for the X amount of time, and he'll go, sorry. I'm like, no, not sorry. You know this. Like, I don't want to hear sorry. I just want it to not be a thing anymore. But I'm like, no, if he's genuinely sorry, right. I need to actually accept that and not just push it away. And I, I do, I do, after the moment, usually be like, dude, I understand. You were not trying <laughs> to make this whole disaster happen. Yeah. Well, and the funniest thing is, Strong is probably our least vindictive child. Like, he would <laughs> never, he would never hurt somebody on purpose. Like, right. he would just never do that. There's been times where he hasn't known his own strength or, you know, he's just not paying attention. 
But man, he feels so deeply whenever he hurts somebody in any way. Like he would never, I don't think he's capable of doing that on purpose because of how much it affects him. Yeah. Um, couple of my daughters that's a different story but but for him vengeance is mine but he's I also <laughs> he's also the one that i'll come down on the hardest and i know it's because he's a boy right i know it's because he's my son versus my you see my yourself. girls and i do i see myself he is me in so many ways and uh man again just working out the things i you know no i'm not going to get it perfectly but working on those things still uh it's interesting it's an interesting and thing i'm trying to go back through and and reintroduce Rylan to things that I thought were funny or cool when yeah. I was a kid. Like we went and watched Dumb and Dumber. And yes. I was like, I've watched this movie so many times. <laughs> I know every word and phrase that's coming. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I not remember it being this dumb? <laughs> like, to, I, There must have been something different about the 90s culture. And I think it's because we didn't have shared social media. Yeah. And you couldn't just share the funny Right. with somebody right you out you all had to sit down and watch that movie but yep. then you had two or three friends over here who didn't see it and it's like oh you have to see that we'll all sit down and watch it right and then you're with a different group of friends you find out if you haven't seen it all right we're gonna watch this movie and it's just because you want to say the <clears throat> dumb phrases to each other and everybody have the same point of reference so we watched all these movies i don't know how many times dumb and yeah. dumber all the Chris Farley and Adam Sandler stuff. It, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm watching these movies and I'm going, that's where that phrase came from. Right. We said this all the time. Right. We, we used to say this stuff all the time to each other. It came from this movie. It came from that <laughs> movie. And I'm like, but this movie is so dumb. I just love it so much though. Yeah. I will always love that movie. Yeah. It, I, it, it was enjoyable in a nostalgic way, but I don't think it held up super well. Yeah, it probably didn't hit the same way for Rylan that it did for you. Yeah. Yeah. And the one I remembered being a lot funnier and it just didn't hold up at all was Big Daddy. Like yeah. there was no it wasn't it wasn't that haha funny because I'm waiting for certain scenes and I'm like, Right. Yeah, I'm just not not feeling it. I think there's I think there's something Happy Gilmore was I thought it was so funny. That all of us sat down to watch it, and I think the girls checked out two thirds of the way right. through. And even so, I don't think it was any of our favorite of his of his movies. Right, right. Yeah, I still say probably Billy Madison or uh, Billy Madison holds up. Yeah, B Billy Madison, the Water Boy well. holds up because it's so much more ridiculous. Like it's so over the top that yeah. I feel like that one holds up well. Um, I love The Wedding Singer, the, but, but here's the thing. The here's, Wedding Singer, I haven't watched yeah. in probably 15 years. Yeah, I, I watched it with Kayla probably eight, eight, eight years ago, something like that. It's been a while since I've seen it, too. But I think there's something... Uh, I hate to plug uh, Nelson's podcast, but they've been talking about on uh, um, Silver, Screen, Silver Bias. Screen Biases. They've been talking about how there are movies that are time capsules... And so they're time capsules, capsules of a specific time. And yes. so they're dated, but it's it works because you're right. looking at this moment in time. And then they're the ones that are a little more timeless because they were made in a certain era, but they were about a different era. Gotcha. So like yeah. it doesn't really translate as, well, this isn't an old movie, but it's set in the 1940s. Or it's like, I feel like Billy Madison um, is one of those movies that like, 
it's this time capsule of 90s era, like mid-90s. Yep. And if you didn't understand the culture, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. But The Wedding Singer, because it's the 80s, it's playing up all the tropes that right. were already tropes in the 90s when it was made. And so it kind of wor- it works. And so yep. that's a little more timeless, even though it's set in the 80s. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of what you're getting with some of those things. Um, and Tom, I, Tommy Boy was another one that we just watched. That one was actually funny. Yeah, that, that one holds up. That one funny. holds up really well. I need to watch Black Sheep because Black Sheep was, for me, was funnier than that, Tommy Boy. My my favorite Chris Farley scene of all time happens in that movie when they're in that cabin and the roof yes. blows off and <laughs> the with the bats. That's it's that cabin. Yeah, it's that cabin. But it's later on. They're they're getting ready to sleep and it's like pouring down rain outside and the whole roof of the cabin blows off. And Chris Farley's on the top bunk, of course, all sagged down because he's large. Yeah. And you've got David Spade on the bottom. And David Spade starts mocking him for being on the top bunk, getting exposed to all these elements. Yeah. And he's laughing at him. And then all of a sudden, the, the top bunk bed collapses right onto, onto David Spade. And he literally goes from laughing to, ah, right in the middle. Because Chris Farley's full weight falls on him. And that, I don't know why, but of all the things, there's that and then them getting high off the nitrous oxide yes. in the cop car on accident. Those are the two scenes from that movie that I really remember. The, I I never thought I'd seen anything as funny as them trying to kill that bat. And when David Spade throws the blanket over the bat that's on Chris Farley's yeah. back and then starts hitting him with a baseball, <laughs> baseball bat, Chris Farley's got this blanket over his head and he's running around like blind because the bat's on his back. And David Spade's just wailing on him with a baseball bat. And I've never seen anything so funny. Oh, man. That was, that, when I saw that, I'm like, this is my favorite movie yeah. forever. <laughs> man, I, I just saw... It was, it was probably in the last couple of years, an interview with David Spade, and somebody was asking him about the whole fat guy in a little coat thing. Yeah. He's like, where did that come from? He said, well, he said, we were we were hanging out at, uh, at SNL, and I was working and writing, and, you know, Chris was they doing... They shared an office yeah, at SNL. Yeah, Chris was doing, you know, nothing. And he said, that was the thing he would do. If he thought I was working too much or whatever, he would just stick on whatever coat I had, and he would go, hey, Dave... And he said, that's literally what it was. He said, said, that's what that was. He would destroy my coats because he thought it was funny and he was bored. I heard him say something about that. He's like, and he would just keep coming back to it. He's like, yeah, we're supposed to be working on bits or something for an upcoming (laughs) show. And Chris would come in and he's like, dude, been working really hard on this. He's like, dude, if this is fat guy in a little coat, I'm not even turning around. He's like, no, no, I've worked on it. It's really good. It's really good. And he's like, David, can I just show you? And David's like, fine. And he turns around and he's got a little coat on. He's like, fat guy in a little coat, Dave, don't sleep on it. He's like, it's so good. And he was right. It is iconic. And it was, it really was iconic. The oddly, a little cut, David. oddly enough, this discussion is going to go to the very thing that we actually wanted to talk about today. <laughs> well, yes. And you specifically mentioned the girls checking out of these movies. <laughs> these were not movies that were made for women. Now, I, I, I will acknowledge... I don't know why, why they don't think it's funny because... Okay, we're just a real quick aside before yeah. we go down that trail. My my daughter's sense of humor is a little bit more morbid, and she can take yeah. certain things yeah, and, yeah. and stuff that's like a morbid humor, she will find funny. Yeah. Or a dry humor, she's got British, it. British humor. Yeah. Jess is likes, you know, bubblegum humor. Yeah. And it, and it, 
it gets her and she likes things that are basically right right up here in your face and yes you, it, it's funny and it tickles your funny bone there you go yeah but n- neither of them like chris farley at all yeah can't stand him and yet at our sales meeting so i at my job i work in in sales and we bring all of our sales guys together for an event once a year and one of the older guys he's like in his 50s or 60s he gets up like before anything started and we're just standing around goofing around but we've kind of like settled into our chairs and our spots and like the vp of the company's here and a bunch of other people and we're getting ready to have serious discussion and he gets up there and does chris farley's living in a van down by the (laughs) he pulls out matt fuller he like hikes up his pants does the whole thing and the whole room is roaring. Yeah. And it's all dudes. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, how was that acceptable in that moment? It's because every single person in the room thought it was hilarious. That's right. Everybody and everybody knew what he was doing. They knew, everybody what, he knew was what he was doing. doing. They knew what was coming and they were still dying. Yeah. And and this is the thing that we've kind of come to is now, I know there are women who like this stuff. Right. Like, I know it's not like exclusive. We're going to the talk. Exceptions in, prove right, the rule. We're going to talk in generalities here. But generally speaking, women hate these movies. <laughs> uh, you know, Polly Shore, Adam Sandler, uh, uh, you know, you could go down the line. Like, all these people that, like, they just, this just was not their thing, you know. But guys in that era would love them. And so they made movies for guys. Stupid humor. We have kind of left that era behind. Yeah, boy, boy humor, and you, and not even boy humor, but even like action films now, they're they're trying to not make them for for men or teenage boys anymore. They're they're trying to project to a wider audience, whatever that means, at the expense of their previous audience. And I think this is one of those things where entertainment for a while was kind of the the last bastion of things that were made specifically for men. Now I know there are going to be people who will say, well, you know, but men still rule this and patriarchy and all that. I'm sorry though, you can't point to a single thing that women are not at least attached to now. That they don't have the ability to do be or be a, take part in. The the in argument some would be okay, show me a society that would be matriarchal. What what is majorly different than what we're in right now? Like <laughs> I actually saw an interview you, on the street about this recently and it was hilarious. Can you can you give me something major that would be different? Yeah. In a matriarchal society. I I still I don't I don't think they're going out and working on oil rigs Mm-mm. or they're in sanitation predominantly they're mowing turf grass they're doing landscaper work I I don't see any of no. that happening no and again the whole point being <laughs> the landscape of all of these things has changed dramatically even yes. since we were kids that's true. Um, there were there were kind of, there was kind of some segregation, and it wasn't like a forced segregation of these things. Women had their rom coms, and women had their like their dramas, and you know we would get dragged along to them on Valentine's Day or various things if that's what they wanted to do. Every guy dating back in the '90s or 2000s remembers that era or the shows that they would go to yeah. concerts or whatever. That was like ah, I don't really do this, but you know the the epitome of that being. Uh, Joel, our executive pastor, taking his wife to a Michael Bolton concert when they were, I believe, still dating or engaged. Uh, I remind him of that one often, uh, which I don't hate Michael Bolton, but I do find that funny that Joel went to a Michael Bolton concert. That's, that, that is funny. Um, That's how you can tell a boy loves a girl. But I've been looking at this and I've been going like, okay, what do we still have? Like that's just like exclusively what like do boys, what a, do the boys yeah, still a, have? a male rite of passage. Like this is our thing. 
and and it's and it's going to be our thing forever. And Sheldon and I have determined that we have two things left. We think we found it. Men have two things left. And again, I will contest. You can see things like football and baseball and basketball that have tried to adapt to appeal to women. They've they've changed things like doing things for like breast cancer awareness and these kinds of things where it's like they're doing things that are not things that guys would have thought to do, but because they're trying to broaden their base. And again, I have no issue with this, but it's just, it's changing the dynamic of a lot of these things. Uh, a lot of the rules we see in some of our sports are, are to, to play to a more, yep. a softer disposition in some of these things where, you know, men wouldn't have necessarily even thought of it, but women have come along saying, this is really unsafe. Why are you doing this? And they're going, you know what? You're right. We should think about this again. So as women have kind of developed some interest in I these mean, things, while men may have preferred mid '90s football, for sure, <laughs> the I remember, CTE thing is a bit yeah, of an issue. I remember seeing. Yes, absolutely. It's probably it, good. And, and let me and let probably, me be very clear. Like, the, it does not mean that it's wrong no, necessarily. Exactly. We're not saying <laughs> no. Well, safer is bad. We're not saying that women are bad. No, not, none of that. It's but just, it but it changes the 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 instant you introduce a man into something with women or a woman right. into something with men, the dynamic changes. Yeah. As opposed to if it's just one or the other, that is just factual. Again. Exceptions to the rule, but the exceptions prove the rule, as Sheldon said. But we have determined <laughs> that there are two things that men still two have. we have left. And the reason we still have them is because women don't care at all. And the two things that we still have are sticks and rocks. Absolutely. That is it. I pitched, I pitched this idea. I did a soft pitch of this idea to Jess before, <laughs> before we came on here earlier this week. And I was like, all men have left is sticks and rocks. And I went in this whole rant <laughs> and she's like, I don't care about this at all. <laughs> and that's like, the point. That, that's the whole point. It is ours. <laughs> it is ours and it will be ours forever. And if you go on a hike, <laughs> two people go on a hike. One person picks up a stick, kicks all the rocks, <laughs> and, and one person goes on a hike. Yes. I can tell you which was the guy and which was That's the girl. That's absolutely Girls right. go on a hike. They right. will actually go out there to walk. Right. To see nature. Guys will be pushing over dead trees. Yes. They will be heaving a rock off as soon as you get them to an overlook, a <laughs> river, any body of water, yes, something's going in the water. That's right. It's going to be the nearest rock. And the further up you are, the more that something's going off the ledge, over the edge. Yes. You don't see women standing up there for hours hucking rocks off a ledge. It, it's, it's true. It's not fun. It's true. But there is a variation in which men have tried to invite women into this. Okay. Skipping rocks. Skipping rocks. Men do not skip rocks to impress other dudes. Men skip rocks to impress women. Like, just, I don't know <laughs> why, but this is true. But again, if you get a group of guys around, you will see them. You'll pick up, oh, bigger, bigger and bigger rock. And who can do the biggest splash? Who can do, like, those things, the, even now. The throwing the rock the furthest yes. usually comes up way before skipping rocks. Yes, way before. So after you've thrown your arms out, yep. trying to heave it across the river. Yes. And. Nobody's quite made it across. Now we're skipping. <laughs> yes, that's right. Everybody's throwing their arms out. Now we're sore and we need to do something different. But seriously, this is the one thing that I think universally, I've, I've never found a woman that has any interest. I've, I've found cool sticks and I've kept them or tried to bring them home or, you know, stuck them thinking I'm going to do a do thing with them. Do you have any sticks in your garage? I, I just you? burned Oh no! No, I did. You I burned just, a good stick. I burned. I have had one stick <laughs> for for all the years that we've lived here and had a fire pit. 
I need a hole punch your man card a little that bit. That was my was my fire stirring stick. Now, there's a reason that I just burned it today. <laughs> my in-laws got me these incredible aluminum log mover things that will now go with an outdoor fire pit. And I mean okay. they're heavy dude, they're serious. And I'm like, okay. You got I'm, a better stick. Yeah, I got a better stick made out of metal. And so like this is what I'm using now. So I burned my last my last but I did. I kept it because it was a cool shape. And then I was like, what's an excuse that I can have to keep this stick? This can be my fire stirrer stick for the fire pit. This yeah. is my this is that. And I didn't tell my wife that because I mean but really I wanted it because it was a cool shaped stick. But now I have no more need for it. So a lot of us have fine. trouble throwing out broom handles, uh, that kind of thing, yeah. like a good wooden yeah. stick yeah. like that. Handle from a broken axe, handle yeah. from a from a broken hammer. Like there, there, there's just something primal <laughs> about sticks and rocks, man. Especially and if you're in the woods. It, there's nothing like having a good stick in the woods because yeah. then you can hack at plants and that's right. All kinds of that's right. random stuff. Or if or if you got a little bit of cordage, you will tie a rock to a stick and do things with that. Whether that's <laughs> making a tomahawk or a war club or whatever it may be, grown men will still do this stuff. You send a bunch of men out on you know, let me go chop wood. You know, let me like you send enough men out on a camping trip, they're gonna they're gonna find cool sticks. I remember the last time the last time I was on an all guys camp out was for, I want to say it was for it was either Andrew Heller it was Andrew Heller's kind of bachelor party thing and he wanted to do a camp out and i remember it was just literally a bunch of dudes some married some not and we found a stick that legit looked exactly like gandalf's staff from lord of the rings and i mean exactly it had uprooted just right it was gnarly on the one end tapered the same and tim hartzler kept it and for years had it in the basement of his house still and I would just every once in a while be like, "Hey, you still got that Gandalf stick?" Like, yeah, I still got it in the basement. It's still just hanging out there. It won't let. Yeah, won't you got to carve throw that end out. Yeah, that's right. So again, a bunch of grown men <laughs> went out and hung out and camped out, and we found the, a cool stick, and somebody took it home. This is real. Yeah, like this is a real thing. And I, ladies, I challenge you to ask your husband about cool sticks and rocks they've found, and ones that they kept for a long time. And again, this gets into these things. You know, favorite baseball bats. You know, yep. favorite, even, I would even contest that golf clubs have a degree, a degree of this, you know, with the whole sticks and rock thing. There's almost always variations on this theme. Yeah. But sticks and rocks, man, it is what we have left. And I think it might be the only thing that we will always have. <laughs> and I'm not saying that begrudgingly. I just think it's factual. Yeah. I think, I think sticks and rocks are what we got, man. And you'll see all kinds of different accounts where guys, will get up on top of a cliff and break off a huge boulder and watch yeah. it bounce down the hill. Every guy is watching that thing until it gets all the way to the Absolutely. end. This is why these clips are so popular That's right. on Instagram or YouTube shorts or whatever you're scrolling through. You you see these clips. TikTok, I'm sure, although I don't have TikTok because no. I'm old. That is my old man line. I don't but. have TikTok because I'm smart. <laughs> and I'm not saying that somebody who has it is stupid, <laughs> but because I understand what TikTok is and what it does... Yeah. No, sir, I will not touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can send all those clips to at TTWS podcast. <laughs> we want to see we, the boys yeah, throwing, we just, throwing rocks. And we just recently discovered a uh, a Instagram uh, page called, I think it's called Boys, 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 being, boys. being Boys. And literally 75% of it 
is a stick or a rock, a thing happening with a stick or a rock, or sticks and rocks together. Yeah, it's as just pry boys, tools or different boys things. Being boys, and it's almost all that. And uh, we we this is how we made this discovery is. We just were finding these random videos and sending them to each other. And I don't even remember which one of us finally said it, but like all we have left is sticks and rocks. Like this is it. Yeah, just heaving concrete blocks off yeah. of off a bridge into water. Yeah. Not not into traffic. So I would you know, like but. to see this become a thing in the same way that asking men how often they think about the Roman Empire became a thing for a minute. Right. Because that is very real. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had my sister-in-law ask me that question because she's like, since I'm not married, I'm going to ask you this question. And sure, sure enough, I, I came back with, yes, <laughs> I think about the Roman Empire almost every single day. <laughs> and I gave her various reasons for that. But this is one of those things too, man. Sticks and rocks are universal for guys. They just are. Um, and again, I'll, I'll even make that in the sports analogy. You know, there's not a whole lot of variation between a rock and a football. Not a whole lot of variation between a rock and a basketball. Hockey, yep. you got sticks and variation on a rock. Yep. Golf. And baseball, the, obviously, is probably the closest iteration to sticks and a rock. Yeah, baseball is just sticks and rocks. But seriously, that's what we have, man. We've got sticks and rocks. <laughs> There's a joke that keeps evading me here, and I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's the maturity of 40 coming through on you there, Shelton. But I, I think that, uh, so just for what it's worth, you're probably going to get some random just sticks and rocks ran references from here on out as we podcast yes. where somebody will just throw out, yep, sticks and rocks. That's all that is. But yeah, I, I defy I defy any person to to prove us wrong on this. Yeah. Uh, Women don't care about it. No. No. They've checked out of this podcast 15 minutes yep. ago. Yep. This is why we ranted about other things before we got to this. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's the one thing we've still got, man. And there may be a transition that may the 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 pendulum may swing, and there may be some course correction on some of these things. But uh, yeah, man, I wasn't allowed to bring sticks home from camping trips, like because mm -mm. they were a little too big, so they weren't they weren't transported home. My mother rocks, and father rocks. I would be able to sneak home because yeah, you course. can sneak those home in your pocket. pockets. Yeah, my parents bought us sticks. Me and my brother, hiking sticks, bought us hiking sticks. We did not Sweet. hike. That was not a thing we did. We lived in Coshocton where we could have hiked, but we didn't. Right. You know what they became? Uh, like sabers or swords. Well, yeah, bow staffs. Robin Hood, oh, Prince of go. Thieves was a big movie then. And there's a scene where they fight with the bow. So that was the thing. We had these sticks and they were our bow staffs like that. But they bought us sticks for Christmas. Yep. And we were thrilled with it. We thought they were awesome. Most of the scars on my one finger from cutting sticks. Yeah. With the Swiss Army yep. knife, <laughs> we would chop down. We would chop down trees with knives and hatchets. That's how I stuck my leg with a hatchet when I was eight years old. Yep. Building fires, building little shelters. I mean, I was I was thinking about it. Like blowing stuff up is kind of a a boy thing too. Yeah, lighting things on fire, blowing things up. Although we were just teasing my mother-in-law for being a pyro yes we were saying that probably for next christmas we should just get her a pile of brush i think well i think fire, fire is a universal <laughs> fire by in and of itself is a universal people like to make fires yeah but i think i think explosions are a little more intrinsically male for some reason because it ever i don't care who it is any any man i've ever seen who and again i will say exceptions but any man i've ever seen who like shoots a gun for the first time yeah. or sees tannerite blow up 
it's always the same response. Ooh. Yeah, it's this or this like laugh that you hit after the fact, like, oh, did you see that? Like, it's just it's always the case. And, you know, for my wife, it's been more, hey, be careful with this. Don't do that. I'm like, yeah, I know. But did you see that? <laughs> like, and, and so, yes, I say I would say explosions are in there somewhere, too. And, and fire is where we cross pollinate on that one. So what is it with fireworks that draws everybody? It's pretty. It's pretty. There's lots of colors. Men like that. It's loud. And the explosions. And it's an the explosion. The idea of rockets. Yeah. Yeah, because I've never, I've never heard a... I've rarely heard my wife say, oh, man, that explosion was awesome. Or like, oh, did you feel that sonic boom from that? It was like, oh, that one's really pretty. I really like the way those look. Which I agree most of the time. Yeah. But I like the ones that boom and you feel it in your chest. I like chest. The, just the white flash that, yeah. like, boom. That shakes your yeah. soul. Yeah. Yes, That's absolutely. what I want. <laughs> absolutely. So, again, there's there are some cross-pollination on, on that one, but... Again, sticks and rocks, not at all. They are 100% boys and men's for whatever reason. I don't know why this popped into my head. Oh, that's how my brain went. I was thinking about explosions. I was thinking about bombs. I was thinking about watching explosions. And then I was thinking about watching the Ukraine stuff and seeing like bombs, like people using drones to take out Russian tanks and things like that. I don't know how many people I see die on my my Instagram is now just yes. sending me car crashes, <laughs> like people crashing cars, people getting shot at break-ins, people like <laughs> taking out Russians and drones. I don't know. I see probably eighteen people die every day just scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. It, usually it cuts right at the end. But I was watching something just recently. The Russians took over another town, and I'm like. There's nothing left of this town. What did you get? They went row by row, house by house, all the way through this thing. And there's nothing taller than a two-story in the entire city. It's all flat. And I'm like, what did you get? That's how European warfare has always been. Like, Like These are old regions. There's no church. There's no structure that's higher than a one-story building. Yeah, but that's, I mean, even, even as recently as World War II. That's what I mean. You look at the the yeah. bombed out remains of towns and all this thing like that's. Oh, great! You took that town. Whoop! Yeah, Europe, Europe has had a weird, a weird thing with that where they do they just. Yeah, it's a it's There's a uniquely brutal style of warfare that for some reason they have still hung on to. And it must just be about position or strategy on taking a particular area of land. And that's the thing is we forget, I think, how limited land is in Europe as a whole. Right. Um, they're, they're much, I mean, Europe as a whole is not smaller than us. I mean, because if you're including Russia, but Russia gets into Asia too. And yeah. that's that weird no man's land that nobody quite understands culturally. Russia is on the there. Asian continent, but most of their people are would closer claim, to Europe. Yeah, and would claim European status or heritage. It's a strange thing. But, I mean, Europe overall, like they're fighting over crumbs from each other. Whereas out here, we're like, eh, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Canada's got all their stuff. Mexico's got all their stuff. We've got our stuff. We're good. Now, if there was some, there were some issues here and there for a few years. Russia and Canada have the thing in common where they own all kinds of useless land that no one can live yep. on. That's right. I mean, you say useless, but I think they kind of regret selling Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. Although we're not making the best use of it either. 
But no, it's all national that. parks because we right. have some dumb ideas about parks. Mm. <laughs> I have a great idea about parks, but I've pitched that before. <laughs> so I won't do that again. My, my idea is we should pick a certain number of acreage that is allowed for U.S. parks. Yeah. That if we're going to have federal parks, yeah. and I say that if because I would like a much smaller federal government that couldn't run parks. Yeah. But if you're going to have federal parks... Pick an acreage, and that's how much you have. If you add a park somewhere, you have to sell off that much acreage somewhere else. Yes. And then you have to choose mm-hmm. what you really want to protect and what is what is super valuable and has to be protected. It can't all be super valuable. Yeah. We have to, we have, to have resources from somewhere. Yeah. We have to build homes out of wood. We have to, you know, get oil from somewhere. We have to get... All, all kinds of resources from everywhere, and it can't it can't all be just protected. Yeah. So that's I my agree. thing. It, there's got to be some prioritization made, and I think limiting how much acreage you're allowed to have as a national park is a good way to do it. I still think we should give the majority of it back to uh, indigenous tribes Oh, and let them run it. That's my, my theory. Because go. literally most of these things, you look at the Black Hills, you look at all these places, they were taken from... Natives in places that were supposed to be their lands were supposed to be even like agreement with the federal government. These will be your lands. No, no, no. We'll just shrink it and shrink it, shrink it. And they went from that to almost immediately becoming national parks. I'm like, no, no, no. Give it back to them and say, here, you can run this. We have this infrastructure. We have this stuff. You will be the National Park Service and you will benefit from this. You whatever you're gonna do with these lands, go as, ahead. As long as they would never fire up the parks thing again, I, I'm fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my theory. Is we should we should allow native tribes to get out from under the oppressive government help that they've had for all these years. Give them back these national parks as their means of providing for themselves. The show Yellowstone explores that yep. a little bit. That, yeah, that's a that's an interesting line on that show where they're talking about the and they do it in a good way talking about the plight of the native people and also what the national parks are doing and also the concerns of the ranchers and how they all overlap right you have never had to conserve anything from anybody who didn't actually live in a city right and and i say that as one who has lived in more rural areas my entire life other than i was born in indianapolis but i've spent most of my time in rural areas Nobody is more conservative or conservation-minded than those of us who live in these areas. We don't want developers. We don't want all this stuff. Like we want to see hills. We want to see trees. We want to. But it's all these people from the city, and this has always been the case from like the industrial revolution to, to you know, manifest destiny. All these things. It was all these big, you know, New England yeah. and New York, and like we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna industrialize. We're gonna and we're all going like, no, we don't want that. And so there's been this weird intersection between even like natives and because again you look at like the native populations back in the day they didn't really have a problem with settlers most of the time it was when the federal government came in that they started having issues it was the federal government who did the trail of tears it was the federal government who pushed people off their lands and did all these things it was not yeah the treaties were mostly signed with federal government right and generally speaking tribes and settlers kind of found their boundaries and got along and did just fine with each other for the most part we like despite what your westerns tell right despite what your westerns tell you for sure um, 
I don't know how we got onto this. This is kind of a weird <laughs> sticks and rocks, ladies and gentlemen. They're in there somewhere. Just go I don't know. But 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 yeah, I'm not saying that Yellowstone's the best show and you need to watch it. But no. it, it is one of those things that's trying to contextualize uh, one of those. Uh, a lot of shows are made about cities, and it's one of the things that talks about rural issues, right? In a way that city people can latch onto it and say, ah, there are more concerns than right. what I. It than explains what I first it well. Thought. It explains yeah. it well. One of my favorite rants was uh, I, I saw where John Dutton, the, the main character of that show, is talking to a woman who's a who's I don't remember if she's a vegan or a veg. No, she's a vegan. Yeah. And basically accusing him of murdering, you know, cattle because he's a rancher. He's like, well, what about you? You know, you have to kill every single grub worm, every grouse, every everything that flies, for the food everything for the, for the food that you grow and yeah. eat. It's like, but you don't think about that. So I think we just need to think about how cute does an animal have to be before you care about killing it? Yeah, the the one clip that I saw that is probably, I want it to be my life motto, is uh, John was talking to his son, Casey, and he says, you broke a rule that shouldn't have been a rule in the first place. Yeah. And you did it for the right reasons. <laughs> I, if I were going to get a tattoo, that would be the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> you broke a rule that shouldn't have been a rule in the first place, and you did it for the right reasons. I, I would love to. Uh, that's the type of rule breaker I am. I'm not. Yeah. I, I used to kind of classify myself as rebellious, but I'm too much of a rule follower to be yeah. rebellious. But the rules that shouldn't have been a rule in the first right. place, they need somebody to that's, break them. And they need somebody that's kept the other important right. rules. And they need to be broken for the right reasons. Right. Because that's when it carries weight. Somebody and, who just fights a thing to fight it, that doesn't carry And we've carry talked any about before, like, we like to barbecue the sacred cows and things yeah. like that, but not all of them. The, no. There's good reason that tradition exists and right. things like that. There are things that need to be preserved, but there are rules that need to be broken. Right. As long as they're broken. Yeah. For the I, I have coined that as purposefully, purposeful rebellion. Yeah. Because there's a difference between just rebellion because you don't like being told what to do and or rebellion just for the sake of being rebellious and purposeful rebellion. Yeah. It is it is a thing. Jars of Clay has a song. Uh, small rebellions. Give me, yeah. give me days to be filled with small rebellions, and <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> yes, sir. very good. Oh yeah. man! But going back to your point before, there is nobody that cares about their cattle more than a rancher. There's yeah. nobody that cares more about the deer than a hunter. There's nobody that cares more about the waterfowl than your waterfowl hunters. Right. It, and oftentimes, you can you can ask like. Ohio State Department of National Resources it prints it in their literature that hunters and fishermen are usually the first people that recognize when something in yeah. an ecosystem is, is off. off. Yeah, like if there's been a big polluter, or if the deer or the the fish or somebody some something there is suffering, or their population is down, or they're sick in some way. Yeah, they're the first ones that know. It's not the park rangers. It's not. It's not ODNR. It's not all these other people that are paid to look into these things. It's not them that find it. It's it's the hunters. It's the right. fishermen. It's the people that right. are out there doing it. <laughs> what and researchers generally do is unintentionally introduce a, spe a species into the, all the time into the wild that shouldn't be there. <laughs> I just watched another region where they were releasing wolves, and I'm like, how? When was this a good idea? <laughs> we're just going to reintroduce wolves to this population. I understand that you think the wolves were native to this region, and you're going to reintroduce them to this area. This is. 
They're gone for a reason. It's not good. Yeah, they're gone (laughs) for a reason. It's probably not good. Every time you put those wolves and coyotes out there, then the next thing is, well, how do we control the population of these things? We're going to need somebody to hunt them. If if all hunters just took the year off, it would be devastation. Yes. We would starve. Multiple states. (laughs) There's over a million licensed hunters in the state of Texas. Yeah. It's an unbelievable number of people. Yeah. But, yeah. I, uh, that's, that's one of the misnomers about from city people is like, well, what do you need that type of gun for? And what do you need this kind of gun for? And and it's like, well, that one shoots birds and that one <laughs> shoots big game. That one shoots little game. This, <laughs> this one, you know, it, they all have a purpose. Right. And, and if they weren't employed in this country at all, it'd be, it'd be devastating. There's, there's almost, and we, I think we talked about this in another podcast there's almost a million hunters in France. Yeah. Like Europe has a very robust hunting culture. Yeah. And that's because you have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> animal species, wild animals that you want to protect and you're worried about conserving, you need hunters to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Unless you unless you don't want to live on the continent at all. Right. You could Nature will just come back and take right. over. But <laughs> it reminds me of that George Carlin yeah. joke. The earth is doing just fine. It's Maybe the shake earth... <laughs> us off like a bunch of fleas. <laughs> Maybe the earth just brought us here so that we could invent plastic. It's like, this is the one thing I don't have. I want some plastic. We'll let these people make us some plastic. It wanted plastic for itself. <laughs> it'll send us a it'll send us a disease and wipe us out. <laughs> That's in his global warming rant. That's right. He's like I I understand people think that climate change is a thing. He's like, it might be, but I know who's not causing it. <laughs> it's not us. He's like, the audacity of us to think that we can change the temperature of the planet. Saving the planet. The planet is not going anywhere. Yeah. We're leaving. We're going away. <laughs> Oh my gosh. There's some very anti-religious stuff in that rant too, but it, yes. it is it is you know, it's one of the things that I have the sense of humor that I don't mind no people poking fun at religion. Well, because sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're yeah. poking fun at the right things. They may draw the wrong conclusions. Right. But oftentimes they're poking fun at the right things. Yeah. Um like you said, the sacred cows that we have that don't really need to exist. Um yeah, a buddy of mine, he posted something about a snake handling church, and I know he's not a Christian, but he was going down that trail yeah. and and kind of poking fun at it, and I'm like, yeah, this is just as silly to me as, yes. as it is to you. We I, also I know it. this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy dancing around with a, with a rattlesnake hanging from his hand is in serious pain, and he might gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> Missing fingers and all those things. Like, oh, this, this is not, not what it means. No, when not it says at all. you'll tread on snakes and scorpions, it goes that that passage goes all the way back to Genesis. It's talking about the curse. Yes, yes, yes. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> not not your permission to to play with snakes. No, <sighs> there's very little biblical permission to be stupid. <laughs> there really is not a lot. <laughs> it's the I. Some people wear uh, what would Jesus do bracelets. <laughs> I wear my Jesus wouldn't have got himself into this situation in the first place bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. 
And you may have found your favorite passage doesn't give you doesn't give you the right to go out and be stupid with no. it. No. No, it doesn't. <sighs> well, <laughs> speaking of being stupid with it, we've done that for about an hour. That's right. It's been an enjoyable hour. It has been. Random man things. We're full of Christmas cheer. That's right. That's Getting right. ready for a new year. You know, I don't care about New Year's Eve at all. Yeah. I've come to that realization. It's a big thing when you're a kid. Yeah, because you get to stay up late. I think the whole thing is to try to stay up late. But like, I can't... You know, I didn't watch the ball drop until I was in my late 20s. Maybe we've talked about this before. I don't think so. I've, I had never watched it, and I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. That's what you get for not having... TV in your house growing up, though. I, I think it lost. I didn't know it was a thing. I think it lost its luster when I realized that it's already tomorrow in Australia. Oh yeah, like it's not. It's not like worldwide universal. Oh, and now it's the new year. Like, no, it's just the new year in New York. Yeah, that's it. And it's just not a thing. Like, I don't understand why we make it a thing. I think it's a. It's probably a byproduct of the Cold War. <laughs> is it, it? What props it all up though? Is it drinking culture? No, because a lot of people get drunk on New Year's Eve. Is that just because there's mean, a maybe. holiday? Oh, it's because New Year's Day is is you off. have off work the next day. So yeah, but that's how why long has that been are... a thing? I mean, so like I'm thinking back to like old movies. It's like an old movie like Holiday Inn, which was in the 30s. No, that was in the 40s. And they make a big deal of New Year's in that movie. So at least as far back as that. Right. And I'm imagining for it to be a thing in that movie. It had been a thing for a while, but I don't really know when that started, like a New Year's celebration. I need to look into that. I mean, it probably times up well with the winter solstice celebrations and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. It does. Winter solstice is close I would tend to agree that it probably has more to do with drinking culture than anything else. (laughs) Well, you get the day off of work. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking that it is. I'm leaning towards that, too. Because you've got the whole Christmas thing, and then you get that next day off. Of, you get that next week yeah. still in party mode. That's probably what it's about. And the whole, like, kiss someone at, at the stroke of 12 or whatever. I've only ever done that once. Were you put up to it? Was it, like, the atmosphere? I mean, it was, my, it was my high school girlfriend. So yeah, it was, like, a that thing. That makes sense. But other than that, I've never... It's That's not it's troped up in some movies, but I don't yeah. know that. I've never. I'll tell you one thing. I've never wanted to do. I have never wanted to go to Times Square on New Year's Eve ever in my life. Have you seen pictures of Times Square even back in the early '80s? Yeah, it's nothing. Nothing. There's. It's an intersection. It's a square. Yeah. A random square. Yeah. Yeah. Once once the lighting ability was given Is and that discovered, what it was? that's that was the thing that made it a thing. Yeah, I need to get to New York during the winter. That's that's a thing I need to do. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it sucks the I've same way there. as Northern PA would. Nothing in is worse than Chicago in the winter, though. Chicago of of all the cities, yeah. all the places that I've been to in the winter time, Chicago, the wind. It's the only place where I've ever chosen to walk backwards, <laughs> because the wind was so bad, and I had a hood. I pulled my hood up and I'm walking backwards to where we're trying to get. It was miserable. Yeah, yeah. Chicago is something else in the winter time. Yeah. Avoid that. Well, there you go. There you go. Randomness at the end for sure. Randomness throughout the whole podcast. 
Yeah, send us all your sticks and rocks videos at TTWS Podcast <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us the things we say at mail.com <laughs> and facebook.com slash the things we say podcast. Yes, yes. And as always, if you like the episode, if you like the show, give us those stars on the episode and on the show. Uh, rate us in iTunes and that helps. So. Yes, yes. And possibly for the last time from the bunker slash dungeon. Uh, I'll be glad to get rid of the creepy crawlies. That's I still right. check the corners. That's They're right. easier to check right we now haven't had no books. Yeah, we haven't had any in a while, and there's less places for them to hide at the moment. So. But yeah, uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.